Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National and Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. Hello, and welcome to The S-Files. On this episode, we are talking with Ben Rangel, who previously served for two years as an AmeriCorps member with College Possible Milwaukee and is currently volunteering as part of their AmeriCorps Alumni Council. So, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, thanks for being with us. And then how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just uh, caught me at the end of the school day. Uh, I started out in education through my AmeriCorps service and now I'm a teacher. So yeah, it's been a good day and uh, really excited to be on the podcast. So Ben, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your two years of AmeriCorps service with College Possible Milwaukee? Yeah, so I might even start a little bit before that. Uh, so at the end of my undergraduate time at UW-Madison, I was really looking for options of what to do. I'd studied political science and thought I was going to end up in D.C. working in politics or government. And then I was introduced to actually two AmeriCorps service organizations, one of them College Possible. The other one was a similar like a college access related program down in uh, Missouri. And so I was kind of choosing between the two. And the thing that really stuck out to me was actually not the fact that it was AmeriCorps or service because I, I didn't know what that was when I was an undergrad, but just the mission itself in serving low income first gen high school students to and through college was something that really resonated with me. Neither of my parents graduated high school. I really struggled navigating the college world myself, especially at the end of my high school career. And so when I found this organization that served students to and through college, I thought to myself, well, that would have been great if I would have had that opportunity, somebody there to coach and support me. And so let me look more into it. Again, never imagined myself in the classroom. Didn't think I was going to end up staying in Wisconsin where I'd grown up, but I applied to College Possible. I remember moving from Madison to Milwaukee the day before my like kickoff started, which was like a week-long professional development introduction to the organization in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thought that my colleagues and coworkers, you know, all young college graduates, recent college graduates were just really smart, fun, amazing to be around, and then fell in love with service and, and the role at College Possible, eventually serving at Pulaski High School on the south side here in Milwaukee. And so, yeah, really, I mean, looking back, who I am today as a person was really formed and sculpted through my service at College Possible and at Pulaski High School. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm, I'm teaching now and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that service. That's wonderful. And I'm so glad that your AmeriCorps service helped guide you into the classroom, helped you find that path of where you're going and they were able to find something that really rang out to you and sang out to you as something that would have been really useful to you when you yourself had been a student. And then, so Ben, could you walk us through what your day-to-day service looked like at Pulaski High School when you were a, a high school coach with College Possible Milwaukee? It changed changed a little bit from my first year of service to my second year. So my first year of service, my title was a junior high school coach. And so I was serving about 40 high school juniors at Pulaski High School. And a lot of that kind of looked like direct instruction, similar to what I'm doing uh, on a somewhat regular basis here every day here at, at, at my school. But I was teaching the ACT. So, you know, college access testing is tricky to navigate for all people, but especially people who have fewer resources and uh, support. And 
And so I was there to support students and offer them tutoring services and instructional services for their ACT prep. And so the junior year was a lot of that. You know, I was in front of the classroom for the first time in my life in front of students, helping them navigate the ACT, which is, again, something I never thought I would do in a school building, high school again for the first time in five years, you know, since I graduated high school myself, now uh, as an adult for the first time. So there were some intimidating pieces of the job, right? Being a near peer mentor meant that you were like not too much older than the students you were serving, but you were old enough to not be, you know, their friend. You were their, you were an adult, you were a mentor in the building. So it was this interesting relationship to navigate. So in addition to ACT, test support, you're also beginning those conversations with students their junior year about what college is about, the impact and importance of it, and helping them starting to imagine and envision themselves on campus. And then especially, I mean, the thing that I love most about it and the thing that I still love most about teaching is just relationship building. So that was a big piece of it too. Listening to students, you know, not not making assumptions about where they come from or, or what their aspirations are, but just truly giving them the time and listening and supporting them in whatever they need. Sometimes it extended beyond college prep and ACT stuff, right? Just being there for them in other ways. And so that's what the bulk of the job was, being in the classroom, supporting students during the school day when they needed it, but mostly after school with uh, the after school programming that we did. And then senior year, I decided to return for a second year of service, which is always kind of a big decision for people to make. It's not a light decision because service is challenging. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. You know, I pushed myself more than I had ever pushed myself before vicarious emotional challenges that you get working with students who are in high stress environments. And so it was really hard seeing my students graduate high school, right? Like I built those relationships with them. I helped them with the ACT. I, you know, got them to three different practice tests and then the real deal tests, right? Like I saw over 20% increase in ACT scores across the board on average, right? And like, it didn't seem right for me to be like, all right, good job. Good luck next year. You'll have a different coach, but you all did great. And of course, some people do that and that's perfectly fine because again, it's it's a difficult decision to serve. But then senior year, I, I was lucky enough to return and the job was really different. At that point, you're sort of an elevated administrative assistant for the students, helping them with coordinating their applications, making sure they're not undermatching or overmatching. They're applying to the right schools. You're helping them with their essays, their resumes, letters of recommendation, all that stuff to make sure that they're ready and prepared to go to college and the, the application process and especially financial aid, right? The FAFSA is a huge barrier alone a bureaucratic obstacle for students to overcome in order to make college affordable. So making sure they got the FAFSA done, but also scholarships and such and scholarship applications. So that's what I was doing on a regular basis, which is working directly with students, interacting with staff, but mostly students, you know, building relationships, helping them with whatever they really needed, but especially with that college prep stuff. That's great. And that's such a wonderful outline of that growth process you work with the students on throughout their junior year and then on to that application process of getting all those forms in and getting that financial aid stuff done and ready to go so you can make that final choice then have that successful moment where you're getting into the right school that you're going to be successful at and where everything will work out. Yeah. And just one other thing too, I mentioned in the beginning that like part of the reason why I wanted to serve was because of my own experience. And it was almost like I made some mistakes. Like I only applied to one school and anyone who's in the college admissions world knows that you should apply to at least five. If you know, some of my students at our school apply to 10. And so it's like, I only applied to one. That's a big no, no. You should apply to multiple schools. 
I really had a hard time with FAFSA, right? Having somebody to support students with FAFSA is, is a big deal. And so it's like, for me, I, I was like, these are the mistakes that I made. Uh, and obviously my experience is not the same as my students uh, across the board, but it was using the things that I had learned in my own college admissions process to supporting students and so that they don't have to make those same mistakes, which is hopefully what happened. <laughs> well, that's great to be able to draw upon those experiences that you had and some of those challenges you'd faced and figure out at least maybe some tips or ways to help your students navigate around those as they were going forward. And then you'd said that you worked with them during the after school program. Is there also some stuff that happened during the, the school day as well? Yeah. And so it's really interesting. It depends on the school that you work at. But a lot of it in the beginning of the school day has to do with like prepping for sessions. So you are lesson planning, especially that junior year. Senior year, again, a lot of administrative stuff. So constantly sending emails to admissions offices, checking on the application status of students, a lot of, you know, editing letters of recommendation. And then occasionally, you know, you have students who either have a free period or maybe during their lunchtime, they'll just come down to the office. And again, the relationship building piece of it was so important that you become really close with certain students where they're just like, they feel comfortable in your coaching classroom. They want to spend time with you, even if it's not related to college stuff. And so during a lunch period or a study hall or something, you'd have students pop in every now and then, especially their senior year at the school that I worked at. Many students had early release schedules where they weren't actually in classes all day. And so they would spend time during the school day, what would be a traditional school day in my college possible classroom. A lot of the other stuff before the after school program was just prepping for that after school program. I was working at Pulaski High School directly, but I was also working at College Possible in Milwaukee, and there's a great culture at that organization. And so, for example, one day a week, instead of being in the schools at all, at least when I served, we had professional development opportunities and collaborative opportunities with our colleagues who are also serving in different schools across the city of Milwaukee. And so occasionally we would have meetings in the morning with our colleagues or in our different teams within College Possible Milwaukee. So there's a lot of good collaboration, community building happening outside of just your high school that you're working at. I want to also say that in addition to serving every day at the, the high school or, or most days, just to say uh, College Possible also has a lot of built in support for AmeriCorps members to develop their craft at whatever their service they're doing, but also the, the ability to collaborate with other AmeriCorps members. So one thing I remember I really loved about service, uh, at least at College Possible Milwaukee, was just the culture. I mentioned in the beginning, a lot of my colleagues were younger, same age as me, recent graduates. This was their first job. And so there's a there's an energy, uh, a youthfulness, a vibrancy in in the colleagues there as well. But then there's built-in opportunities to collaborate and to work together and to improve your craft, whether it's on once a week coming together for professional development and just collaborative opportunities or just meetings with your particular team or coaches who are at similar schools as you. There's just really good culture of growth and development. And it's a great opportunity for someone, you know, if it was up to me, everyone would do a year of service just to at least be integrated and made familiar with what it's like to be in the professional world, right? And, and have that built-in support that might not be in um, other jobs. That's wonderful. And as you mentioned, fondly thinking back upon that time of working together with the rest of the cohort in college possible, could you tell us about any other favorite memories or stories or highlights you can remember from your service? I'll say one of them was this student who I had for both years, because usually when they joined, they jo when I was there, they joined their sophomore year and stayed through. They graduated college technically, but uh, I was their coach for two years. And I had this student who was sort of just like kind of out of the loop, would come to sessions every now and then, but like not a regular attender. And then their senior year, they really started coming more frequently. And there was just a day where she was just like really struggling. 
don't exactly know what it was about, but she she broke down and like she came to me and she looked to me for support and consolation. And yeah, it was one of those moments where it was like she is comfortable enough to, you know, be vulnerable and open with me. And I, I really appreciate that. And it just opened up our relationship to a new level to the point where, you know, I think it was a few weeks after that she had some it was the end of her senior year. There wasn't a lot of time left in the school year for us to meet. And it might have even been into the summer a little bit after graduation where she needed some some support finalizing some admissions processes or something. And it wasn't usual for core members to, you know, visit students like uh, families and at their house. But if you needed to like get some signature or go above and beyond to do that, you, you were able to. And so in this particular case, the same student who a few weeks later kind of opened up to me and looked to me for support was comfortable inviting me to meet her mom and to work with her on some college related stuff. And it was just one of those moments where her parent was like, I didn't know anyone from the school would come to our house and like offer this support. And it was just this mentality that you have your service here or that I hope people have, which is like doing whatever it takes to serve the community that you're serving. And of course, you reflect and you're like, maybe I could have done more. I could have done this differently. But in that moment, it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, this is a service that this student really needed. And, you know, if it wasn't me, it would have been any one of my other coworkers uh, there supporting them. I think another one, just really quickly, uh, I served a lot of students who were Southeast Asian immigrants. Many of them are refugees from places like Myanmar and Thailand. I think this wasn't even a college-related incident or wasn't even at school, but some of those students had invited me and my coworkers who had also served that community to a cultural celebration here in the community. And we had the opportunity to try traditional Kareni or Karen food. There was like a, a music and dance performance at the cultural center. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know, I, I would never have seen myself in this place because I didn't even uh, know anything about this culture or, or this community before serving. And it's a good example of how service kind of opens your eyes to the bigger world and, and different communities. And on that note, I'll, I'll say one last thing. I also got invited to two of my students' weddings. And so those were super memorable moments. Uh, one of my students, her family and her were from Somalia and uh, they had a traditional Somali wedding. And again, it was one of those situations where I was like, this if you would have asked me three years ago or told me three years ago, this is where I would have spent this evening, I wouldn't have believed you, but here I am. And it was so magical. And it just means a lot to be included in students' lives, even beyond the classroom. Uh, and it goes back to that relationship building, which again, if you're looking to serve, building relationships with a new community is one of the more meaningful pieces of it. And so uh, those memories come to mind. That's wonderful. And you've mentioned earlier how your service helped bring you into the classroom. So can you tell us about how your AmeriCorps service helped impact that path you've been on and what steps you've been taking since your service ended? Yeah. So immediately after service, I thought to myself, I want to I wanna get back into the classroom. I want to continue learning. Uh, and so I went to grad school to study international politics at Marquette University through their Trinity Fellowship. Firstly, I'll say the Trinity Fellowship at Marquette University is st- strictly for, at least at the time, was for people who had worked in the nonprofit sector and more specifically targeted towards people who had done some service. So usually that's AmeriCorps, the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, or the Peace Corps. And so I wouldn't have had the opportunity to even be in the fellowship without my AmeriCorps experience. And uh, it, that was an amazing opportunity, a cohort model, which I, you know, I, I recommend to anyone who has done service to apply. If you're looking to go back to grad school to apply to the Trinity Fellowship or try to find other grad school programs that prioritize those who have done some type of service. So right from the beginning, 
you know, without College Possible, without AmeriCorps, I wouldn't have been able to attend that grad school program. While I was there, interestingly enough, the program itself, the fellowship, the unique part of it is that you're placed with a local nonprofit organization while you're attending grad school. So during the school year, you're working part time at that organization and attending school part time. And then in the summer, you're full time at the organization. And I was actually placed at another AmeriCorps organization here in Milwaukee, City Year. So I was working at City Year as a staff member now. So I was actually an AmeriCorps member development coordinator. That was my title. And part of my job was supporting AmeriCorps members, which was great because I had just done my two years of service. And so I was I was still in the world of AmeriCorps, still in the world of service, just at a different organization, still working in schools. I was at five different high schools and some middle schools here in the Milwaukee area, supporting AmeriCorps members and their support of students as sort of an instructional coach, but also the learning and development side of things. And that was super impactful to just continue to be exposed to service and to meet young people who were driven, who wanted to make a difference in the community and who were making a real difference in the community. And so that was great to continue to be around AmeriCorps members. On that point, I was still in in education. Right. Even though I was going to school for international politics and taking classes in government and political science, I was still in the classroom on a somewhat regular basis. When I was getting near the end of grad school, I sort of was like, okay, this is another fork in the road. Do I try to get into policy work or work in politics or government again, just like I thought as an undergrad? Or is is education kind of the sector that I remain in? And I told myself, you know, my my two passions really had been politics and government, and then a new passion through my service. uh, uh, was education and, and really like serving young people and working with young people because their their energy and their intelligence and creativity it just like keeps everything fresh and and I don't know it's just really re-energizing and so I told myself if I could find opportunity where I could continue to teach but specifically teach government or something of that interest I would do it and. One of my colleagues who was a Trinity fellow with me at Marquette, but a year above me, told me that my current high school, Cristo Ray Jesuit High School Milwaukee, is hiring and they're hiring for a government teacher. And so that's, you know, I only applied to that one job after grad school. I was hoping that I would get it. And I've been fortunate enough to be here for three years now. And I still use the things that I learned as an AmeriCorps member in terms of some of the classroom strategies, but also just like leaning heavily on relationship building, which is, again, something that was critical in my success as a college possible AmeriCorps member. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for my service, I definitely wouldn't be in the classroom today. I wouldn't have been able to go to the grad school that I went to and and continue to support service and emphasize that to my students, even, even in the classroom. I'm teaching government, but I'm emphasizing the importance of giving back to the community and serving the community in, what, in different ways that they can. And again, that was ingrained in me through my AmeriCorps service. That's fantastic. And especially able to find that position that marries all those interests you had of like real passion, interest in government and policy. And then you get that spark of working with students and be able to put them all together into the classroom. And I will say you're teaching my favorite class to teach. I actually was previously a classroom teacher and taught government for several years, and it was by far my favorite thing to ever teach. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. So You're always able to find a way to bring what's going on to the students and help them make those connections with what's going on and then what can I do about it? Yes, exactly. Everything feels really relevant, a little bit easier than the Pythagorean theorem. No offense to the math teachers out there, but uh, (laughs) the relevancy of of the class is definitely easier. And then talking about looking at ways of using your service experience and looking at your experience as well with 
policy and looking at trying to help people make a difference. I know you've also been involved in a podcast for several years as part of that yep. and actually with some former American members. So you can tell us a little about that project. After my service, because my service was so impactful and it did such a good job of exposing me and my colleagues who I worked with to really like the, the systems that are at play in terms of creating, I would say, inequities th- throughout the city of Milwaukee in particular, right? So for instance, we had students who brilliant. All of our students were brilliant and we would serve them in the classroom and then they would leave the classroom and we had no impact. Like we couldn't control what was happening to them outside of the classroom, right? Many of our students were impacted by things just completely unrelated to their desire to do well academically or their motivations in school or their desire to go to college. Like it was, it just seemed out of their control, out of our control. And so after my service, I wanted to learn more about the systems throughout the city, but also specifically figure out ways to like create meaningful change and participate in the city at a more intimate level. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be doing direct service anymore. I was going to be in grad school. So I was going to be out of that direct service role, but I didn't want to leave it. Instead, I wanted to learn more about ways to serve and give back, even if it wasn't every day being in the classroom through AmeriCorps through service. And so I started Bridge the City with my friend and fellow AmeriCorps member, Kyle Hagee. He and I served at College Possible Milwaukee. He served at a different high school than me, but we had the same position. And we constantly had conversations about our students, about our work, about the systems that made everything more difficult for them and for us. And so we were passionate about learning more, especially here in the city of Milwaukee. So we started Bridge the City. And the thing about the podcast that's relatively unique is that every uh, episode ends with a tangible action step, right? Because service is really about action. It's like there's a problem that exists in the community. You can talk about why it exists and why it shouldn't exist. And you know, maybe all the time the direct service isn't getting to that systemic difference, that systemic change, which is a a, a whole different thing. But you are doing something. You know, you you are every single day for 2000 hours plus putting in service, doing the work. And we wanted to extend that to everyone else who wanted to listen to our podcast and give them tangible action steps, you know, not 2000 hours worth probably, but like small everyday things people can do to make a difference in their community. And that, I mean, Bridge the City wouldn't exist without our AmeriCorps service. One, because we wouldn't know each other, right? That's how we met. Uh, which I think is a testament to how AmeriCorps and service can bring young people together almost as this type of incubator in a way. But also it exposed us to the systemic injustices and inequities that existed and inspired us to learn more and to continue to make a difference. And uh, we try to do that through the podcast. And so appreciate you asking about it. It's definitely been a passion project of mine for the last few years. No, I think that's just a wonderful way of bringing all those pieces together. And I especially love the fact that it's a couple of AmeriCorps members and people that have served that help put this together. And I think ending with that idea of that action step is literally that AmeriCorps idea of get things done. Like, okay, this is folks, this is listeners, this is what you can do. This is the step you can take to actually get something done in the community. Exactly. Yeah. And so on top of your work in the classroom and then your work on Bridge the City. I know you've also been doing some work on relaunching the AmeriCorps Alumni Council at College Falls Milwaukee. So can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, for anyone who's doing service knows that it's always really nice to have, the work is really hard and challenging. So it's really nice to have some outside support whenever and wherever you can get it, whether, you know, that's financial support or just like uh, emotional support or professional support, post-AmeriCorps service, right? And so the AmeriCorps Alumni Council at College Possible been around since I was an AmeriCorps member. And then it, it never really went away, but there was some change in leadership at College Possible Milwaukee, which kind of 
let it sputter a bit, but I've been on it for a few years now. And it's really just a way to think about how we, having done service, me and the other members of the council can support the current AmeriCorps members. And so the two big prongs of the council involve a social aspect, which sort of hit a huge roadblock during COVID, obviously. And so we would host socials and just give core members an opportunity to have fun and to get to know one another and to network with other folks who had served. And the second piece is professional development. And so that involves, you know, a a mentorship program that the council helps organize. And it involves usually supporting AmeriCorps members in some professional development. So whether it's one of the members of the council leading a professional development opportunity or reaching out to our networks, right? Having served, we now, all of us, many of us are in our own professional world and we have built networks in our own community and our own professional resources that we're able to bring back and give to AmeriCorps members who might, like I said in the beginning, be in the professional world for the very first time. It might not have the same resources, might be in a brand new city. So don't have a lot of connections because of that. And so the Alumni Council is just a way to support AmeriCorps members who are in turn doing a amazing work supporting students and young people throughout the city of Milwaukee trying to make meaningful change. And so it's, it's you know, it's not a lot of responsibility or a lot of work on our end. Really, we know the AmeriCorps members are doing a lot of the the heavy lifting, but we're here to support them and hope to continue to do so in the future. Well, thanks for giving that support. I think that basis of having that experience of what's been there and is giving them that extra little bit of guidance and a little bit of a listening ear. So whatever they can need at that time is a huge huge motivator and a huge element to help them on their service journey. Yeah. And it's also really good for them to know that like their decision to serve is a big decision. It's a decision not many people take and they should be treated differently in a positive way and celebrated for their decision to serve. And so providing them with more resources, as many resources as possible for them to know, like, look, I made this decision and this is the right, this is the right decision because there's people here to support me. There's people who are going to advocate for me, even if they don't know me very well, but because I served, they at least know that I'm dedicated to giving back to my community. And so I think that there's this like common understanding among those who have done service. It's almost like we're wired a little bit differently than those who hadn't done service. Yeah, I guess I don't know how to explain it. But like if I'm out in the community, like I've this has happened to me. If I'm wearing my AmeriCorps gray hoodie or my AmeriCorps hat or my city year backpack or my college possible shirt, like people will be like, oh, you served? Like I had a woman in the airport was like, oh, you did city year? You served at city year? My son's in city year right now. And this was, you know, I think I forget where I was even traveling, but people recognize those who do service and they deserve to be celebrated and taken care of. Well, thanks so much for that service and all those different elements of service. I encourage folks who are doing service now to figure out, like, make sure you know how to to talk about that service in a meaningful way and, and brag about it because it is brag worthy for sure. And if you are listening to this and you're considering serving, no matter what that service looks like, I, I highly recommend it. Again, I wouldn't be where I am without it. And it's one of the best decisions I made. So I'll leave leave on that. Yeah. Thank you so much for making that recommendation to folks about serving. And I just want to say thank you for the difference you've made for students through your AmeriCorps service, what you're doing right now as a teacher, and the work you're doing on just exposing different issues and helping bring things to light on action steps people can take in Milwaukee as a whole. Well, thank you so much. And thank you again to Ben for sharing about his AmeriCorps service experience with College Falls Milwaukee and the continued impact it's had on his life and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serb Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is Serb Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S and S-File stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.